Our scripture text is going to come from Galatians chapter 5, which is page uh, 975, and then Luke chapter 18, which is page 877 in your pew books, as you see there in the bulletin. And I'll just mention to you, as you can already see, I've provided you the scriptural references uh, throughout this sermon that you can look uh, up later. I go through these sermons so fast that some, sometimes people ask, well, what was that verse? So there you have the verse, and um, you can look it up at home. Very good. Well, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? Our first reading will come from Galatians chapter 5, which is familiar to us, verses 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. It's not illegal to do those things. Our next reading comes from Luke chapter 18. Again, uh, we read it the last time we met, uh, but just didn't get to uh, this part of the sermon. We'll read it again. Uh, Luke 18, verse 18, and following the uh, rich young ruler. And a ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And the rich young ruler said, All these I have kept from my youth. <laughs> when Jesus heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack, sell, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the rich young ruler heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, looking at him with sadness, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go to the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said then, Who can be saved? But he said, What is impossible with men is possible with God. And Peter said, See, we have left our homes and followed you. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. The grass withers, the flowers fail, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Uh, Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light for our path, inerrant, infallible, authoritative, and true. We pray now that you would be the teacher and preacher. Speak through your servant unto your servants. Open our eyes, hearts, minds, entire persons under the message you would have us to hear, understand, and apply. Father, we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, we continue our walk through the one fruit of the Spirit, nine virtues, but one fruit, Galatians chapter 5. And we continue looking at this sixth virtue of goodness in the Greek agathosun, as you see in your bulletin. 
And it means an uprightness of heart and life resulting in good works. Goodness is active, results in good works. And we looked at a few of these scripture passages which call us to, to, to good works. Uh, Colossians 1.10, live a life worthy and pleasing to the Lord, bearing fruit in every good work. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15, always strive to do what is good. Strive to do good works for each other and for everyone else. And we note, noted that uh, from the book of Titus, that the Cretans uh, were called lazy gluttons, Titus 1, 12-13. And so, in Titus chapter 2, verse 7, the Apostle Paul urges Titus to set the example by doing what is good, doing good works. In Titus chapter 2, verse 14, Paul writes that Christ has purified us, why? That we might be eager... To do good works. Can you say tonight that you are eager to go do some good works? (laughs) James chapter 4 verse 17 says, So then if you know the good that you should do and do not do it, you sin. If you know the good that you should do and you do not do it, you sin. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We noted that goodness is kindness in action. Kindness the fifth virtue. Kindness looks inward. It's an inner disposition. Kindness is an inner out attitude. But goodness is an outer disposition. It's an outer attitude. Goodness is kindness in action. So we read in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, let us not become weary in doing good. Let us not become weary in doing good works, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to the body of Christ. And so we see the scope of doing good works. All people, unbelievers as well as believers. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil or unbelievers with good. And so we have a priority to do good works to the family of God, but we also have a command, a mandate to show goodness to unbelievers, to overcome evil with good. Goodness really is a form of evangelism. And so we also pointed out that Augustine, one of the early church fathers of the late 300s and the early 400s, writes... Grace alone, grace alone brings about every good work in us. Grace. John Calvin says, uh, the French Protestant reformer of the 1500s, have my dates correct, says, man cannot ascribe to himself even one single good work apart from God's grace. The Westminster Confession of Faith says, believers' ability to do good works is not an act at all of themselves, but wholly from the Spirit of Christ. 
But lest we wait for some motion or stirring of the Holy Spirit within us to do good works, the Westminster Confession of Faith encourages us to be diligent in stirring up the grace that God has given to us, that God has in us. So we can't be couch potatoes. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so we need to be resting upon the Holy Spirit, upon God's grace to motivate us and enable us to do good works. Trying to do good works apart from the Holy Spirit is like trying to start a car without an engine. You just can't do it. Then we also noted that unbelievers cannot do a single Good work. Unbelievers cannot do even a single good work. What a bold statement, don't you think? Because we always say the person, the unbeliever, who gives a million dollars to the goodwill has done a good work. But in the eyes of God, is it? No. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Without faith... The unbeliever doesn't have faith. The unbeliever cannot please God. Romans 14, verse 23. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Well, that would be quite a statement. Well, yes, Mr. John Smith, who gave a million dollars to Habitat for Humanity, sinned. Since he's an unbeliever. I don't think I would make that statement. Well, you never know. But you'll get crucified in the press. (laughs) Romans 14, 23. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. Unbelievers don't have faith. So Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23 say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this good work? Lord, Lord, didn't I do that good work? And Jesus will say, out of my sight, I never knew you. So then, our good works do not save. Our good works cannot save. Our good works do not make us good. I want you to understand that. I want you to believe it. (laughs) So why do good works? Because the Bible commands us to. Correction. God commands us to do good works. Because we're created in the image of God. To be creating the image of God means we are to reflect and reproduce God's most holy ways. And one of those ways is goodness. God is actively, each and every day, producing good works for us. And yes, the sun and the rain do fall upon even unbelievers. So then, who is good? In Luke 18... Verse 18, a certain rich young ruler approached Jesus and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And how did Jesus reply? Why do you call me good? No one is good for God except God alone. And not that Jesus was denying that these words applied to him, but he was making the point, none of us are good, absolutely, except for God. God alone. So if you're calling me good, then you're calling me God. Christ may have also been causing the the rich young ruler to consider that only God is good and that our, our righteous acts do not merit our eternal salvation, nor do they make us good. 
Our good works do not make us good. Good works do not save. Good works cannot save. Only Christ's blood, only Jesus Christ saves. Alone. Not faith plus works. Faith alone. Here is a rich young ruler who is self-righteous, who thinks that he can do enough good works to earn his way into heaven. I've been doing all these things since I was a young boy, he tells Jesus. And before we laugh or smile or smirk at the rich young ruler, we must confess that we see it every day, those who honestly think that they can get to heaven based on their own goodness, that their good works make them good. Why should God allow you into heaven, into his kingdom? Oh, well, because I'm not a bad person. I'm good. I do good things for the community and and for the church. Even some of us, I'm afraid, must confess that at times we do good works, not out of a spirit of grace, not out of a spirit of love, but rather out of one to pay God back, to earn his merit or his favor, his blessing, to make ourselves look good. It's the way I won love as a child, by doing good works. And so we can become legalistic, like this rich young ruler which leads to self-righteousness, the problem of the Pharisee in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, the uh, verses before this reading. Oh, you remember. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like this tax collector. I fast, I tithe. I'm confident in my own righteousness, in my own good works. Beware of the trap of self-righteousness as you do your good works. We must remain humble before God and men. Good works do not save. Only Christ's blood on the cross on your behalf. Only Christ saves. Ephesians 2, 8-9, For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith, not by works, not by works, not by your own good works, lest anyone should boast. Jesus is not denying that he is good. But he is calling attention to the rich young ruler's unthinking language. R.P. Martin, in his book, Mark, Evangelist and Theologian, writes, Jesus calls the rich young ruler to sober reflection. What does the epithet good mean? It belongs to God who is good. And it should not be used unthinkingly or as a flippant gesture of praise. We need to be careful. Only God is good. And we need to look to Him as our standard for goodness, not to other people. We bring down the standard when we start calling this good and that good, and then speak of God in the same language, in the same terms. We bring down God and we exalt ourselves. And we as Mississippians are often guilty of this unthinking language when we refer to others with the label, good people. Oh, Jake? Yeah, I know him. He's good people. Oh, Lisa? Oh, yes, I I know her. She's good people. Oh, the Robinsons? Yeah, they're good people. (laughs) Jesus says, paraphrasing, if you call me good teacher, then you must be saying I'm God. And you had better think soberly about the implications when you address me by such a title. 
especially what those implications mean for you. Jesus taught the rich young ruler that good works do not save. That man inherently is not good. That Christ is looking for more than good works. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for your life. He's looking for your entire being. As Isaac Watts writes in his, his great hymn, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss. My richest good works I count but loss. And poor contempt on all my pride. Look at me. Look at how good I am. I pour contempt on all my pride. I have no good in me. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. My life. Demands my life. The rich young ruler went away sad. Matthew chapter 19 says he went away sorrowful. It was too big a price to devote his life to God in faith. I think I'll just keep trying to do good works and see what happens. Didn't I do this good work? Didn't I do that good work? And Christ will reply to the rich young ruler, Out of my sight, I never knew you. Matthew chapter 7. Christ says, I don't want your good works. I want your life. I want your hearts. None of us are good unless God makes us good. Unless we're born again. Unless we're a new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Since the fall, since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden, all of us have lost the ability to do good. That's the whole purpose of the law. Not that we could ever be good enough to fulfill it, but that we weren't good enough and to point us or to drive us to Christ who was and did fulfill the law. All too often I hear the response to the question, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? Yes, because I've lived a good life. A good life in relation to whom? Osama bin Laden? Hitler? Jack the Ripper? The gulf that separates us from God, the Grand Canyon that separates us from God, is so great that our good works simply cannot bridge the gap. We must place our trust in Christ alone, not in our good works. But you say, I'm a believer. Can I now do a good work? Yes and no. No, because as John Calvin says, the best work that can be brought forward is still always spotted and corrupted with some impurity of the flesh and has, so to speak, some dregs mixed with it. We have not a single good work going forth from the saints that if it be judged in itself, deserves shame as its just reward. In order for our, good, our works to be considered good, we must be in Christ. His blood covers our imperfections and makes our works acceptable and pleasing to God. John Calvin continues, 
All our works, however imperfect they be, are now seen through and in Jesus Christ. God makes our works perfect in Christ. The Lord is pleased with good works of the regenerate, of believers, when they are embraced in Christ rather than in themselves. Everything imperfect in them is covered by Christ's perfection. Every blemish or spot is cleansed away by His purity. And thus are our works considered righteous and acceptable and good in His sight only by Christ and the Holy Spirit's intercession. And so those truths should keep us from any form of pride. I'm just wanting to lay the foundation as we continue with this virtue of goodness. Because we have to be careful of pride. We have to be careful of the trap of self-righteousness. We have to be careful that as we do good works, as we are commanded, that those good works make us good or more acceptable in God's sight. (laughs) All our good works as believers are full of uncleanness. And when we've done our duty, everything required, every good work which God has prepared in advance for us to do, we are still to consider ourselves unworthy servants as having only done our duty. Luke chapter 17, verse 10. Let me read that verse. Luke 17, 10. Jesus said, So then, when you have done everything that you have been told to do, commanded in the NIV, you should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Young's literal translation says, that which we have owed. Isaiah says in Isaiah 64, verse 6, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And so we can pray in closing, as Augustine wrote from Augustine. I do not say to the Lord, Despise not the works of my hands. I do not pray that. I do not commend the works of my hands, for I fear when thou lookest upon them, thou may find more sins than merits. This only I ask, this only I say, this only I desire. Despise not the works of thy hands. Despise not me. See in me thy work, not mine. For if thou seest mine, thou wilt condemn it. If thou seest thine own, thou wilt crown it. For whatever good works come from my hands are from thee. What a prayer. What humility. May we all be able to pray those words and those sentiments. Join me next week as we consider what makes a good work a good work. So study up. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we see in your word that you call us to goodness. Not a goodness of our own, but only goodness that comes from you. It's your goodness we're seeking to cultivate within us. Help us to share that goodness not only with the body of Christ to build up and edify, but also with the lost to evangelize and to win over. Keep us from pride. Keep us from self-righteousness, O Lord. Help us 
to cultivate this virtue in our garden of the fruit of the Spirit by His working and power. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.